turn to Second Chronicles 7 uh, and then also Ephesians 4. I just want to read something for you this morning as we um, give you the backdrop for this season of fasting and prayer. Uh, we started on Monday, uh, church-wide, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, may, maybe you weren't here last Sunday and you haven't been a part yet. We'd love to invite you to join. It's not, you can do 14 days of prayer and fasting. It's, it's okay to go ahead and jump in and start now. Uh, there are devotionals uh, out in the foyer. If you need a devotional, you can download the entire thing to your smart device uh, at kingwoodchurch.com. Just go to the breakthrough button, and uh, that'll give you all the info you need. 2 Corinthians seven, fourteen. If you weren't here last Sunday, I really would encourage you to uh, go on to iTunes and listen to the message so that you can catch up to the series that we're on. We just talked about breakthrough faith. But let me give you the backdrop sort of of the, of the season we're in in the series, Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So today what I really want to do is I want to invite you to prayer. And I find prayer is one of the harder things that we do uh, most of the time because we don't know how to do it. We don't really, it's easier to do everything but pray. It's easier to change your diet. It's easier to fast. It's easier to give up something. It's easier to go cook all vegetables and just eat. It's easier to be busy doing something else, even good or godly, other than pray, because oftentimes we don't know how to pray. And we're in good company. The disciples, when they approached Jesus, they said, you know, when I, when I listen to you pray and when I listen to me pray, I realize I don't know how to pray. And so they said, Lord, teach us how to do what you do. And so everybody's on a different place in their prayer journey. And I would encourage you, the best way to learn to pray is to, to, to do it. It's to try it. It's like a relationship. You know, the best way for a relationship to grow, and we'll talk about that today, is to, is to get in there and, and, and practice. You know, work, work on the relationship. And so um, that's what I really want to invite you to is to pray. I was thinking about it this way. When we work, we work. When we pray, God works. So if you want God at work in your life, on some level you have to pray. So I want to invite you tonight, as you just heard, soak at 5.30. We're going to share communion and have a prayer time. Tomorrow morning, 6 to 7 a.m., right here in the sanctuary, we're going to have a prayer time, as we did this past Monday. Fantastic, incredible time of prayer and worship. I want to ask you to join us for that. Uh, our staff will be here. Our worship team will be here. Maybe you could only make part of it early, late, all of it, whatever. We'd love to have you for prayer. And the devotional, we're, we're seeking God together and uh, reading through the scriptures together. And so I just want to invite you to prayer. And at the end of service, or as part of the service today, we're going to focus our time on prayer. I'm going to invite you uh, for prayer, maybe in a way that, that you've never seen or we've never done. But the whole thing is, we can, we can do a lot of things, but there's nothing that we do that impacts our spiritual life or heaven or moves God's hand like prayer. So just like we've done with the devotional, I kind of want to move everything else out of the way and say, I want to bring you in direct contact with God's Word. 
In that same way, I say, I want to bring you in direct contact with God. And the way we do that is we pray. So this morning, I want to, I want to invite you to that prayer. Now, uh, this series that we've done that's coincided with our fast, we've simply called Breakthrough. Uh, last week, we talked about Breakthrough Faith. Today, we're going to talk about Breakthrough Family. Next week, we're going to talk about Breakthrough Fire. And I don't want you to miss that. That's going to be something, uh, I'm just writing it now, and it's uh, brand new for me. The week after that will be Breakthrough Finance and Fitness. So we're talking about breakthrough. So I want to just ask you to join us each one of these weeks so you won't miss any one of them. Now, this morning, although much of the message will be centered in the family, when I say family, I want you to think relationships. Because uh, a family's the most basic relational unit, but, but really, in reality, relationships are everywhere we go because people are everywhere we go. So everything that I say to you this morning will generally apply to almost all of our relationships. Now, relationships are the most unpredictable thing on earth. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. They're fluid and they're changing and you can't afford to fall asleep at the wheel. But just because you have a healthy relationship today doesn't mean you're going to have a healthy relationship in the future. You can't assume that. You can't presume that. It takes work and it takes investment and it takes the power of the Holy Spirit. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Blink. Any of you ever heard of this book, Blink? In the book, uh, he quotes a scientist named John Gottman who's done the scientific research uh, to figure out how he can predict with almost 100% accuracy whether a married couple is going to stay together or not. He can predict with almost 100% accuracy whether a married couple's going to stay together or not, with only a five-minute videotaped interview. He will interview the couple for five minutes. He will videotape it. He'll carefully watch the videotape, and he can determine with almost 100% accuracy. And here's what it comes down to. It's when, it's when one spouse is talking. It, it, it's given away in the communication from either the husband or the wife, either one. It's when one spouse is talking and the other spouse is communicating with rolled eyes and signs of contempt. It's a dead giveaway. That couple is doomed. Now, the American marriage is struggling and divorce and broken homes are rampant. We know that. I even read an article this week from a longtime advocate, married, longtime marriage advocate, that in a sense has given up on marriage. She's come out and said... That for the majority of America, marriage is dead. I, I, I posted, if you want to find the article, I posted it on my Facebook page this morning. You can go and read it yourself. She suggests that some kind of commitment will exist. She's interested in what will replace marriage. What will relationships in the future look like? She suggests some kind of commitment that couples will live in separate places or marriage will be an upfront commitment of a, with an expiration date of five or ten years, not till death do we part, but maybe we'll just agree to stay together five years or we agree to stay together ten years and then we'll reevaluate if we really want to stay together or not. How interesting the way that we are struggling with relationships in our country. A survey was done among teenagers and the question was asked, what is the one thing that you want most in your life as a teenager? This was not a multiple choice question. 
There were no predetermined answers. It was an open-ended, blank question. What is the number one thing you would want in your life as a teenager? 70% said, I want a meaningful relationship with my family. 70%. So this morning, I want to give you some breakthrough principles. Breakthrough relationship principles, and then we're going to pray. If you have something to write with, uh, take some notes out. I want to read Ephesians 4. I want to read a, a lengthy passage. Uh, we're going to have it on the screen. But I want you to look in this passage for every time you see the word you or your. Ephesians 4, 20-32, verse 20. You, <laughs> we'll just start there. However, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of Him and were taught in Him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Verse 26, in your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no more, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what will benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Here's the first principle. If you hadn't detected it in the verse. And by the way, maybe the best relationship principle I can give you. Work on yourself. You want a breakthrough in your relationships? I can tell you where to start. In the mirror. Work on yourself. The best move you and I can make to have a breakthrough in our relationship is to work on ourselves. Did you read these verses? By my count, 12 times. You are your. You do this. You do that. You do this. You do that. You do this. The best place you and I can start is with us. It's counterintuitive. It's not where we want to start. It's not what we want to do. But you don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't know my kids. You don't know, you don't know what I went through. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they've done to me. You're right. I don't know any of that. But God does. And the God who knows all things and knows all people wrote in his word, you. Remember when uh, Jesus was saying to them, hey, why don't you take the, um, the, the, the log that's jammed in your eye out first before you try to take the splinter that's in your neighbor's eye out? And so there's a clear principle through Scripture here that, that even if we are to, in any meaningful way, work on anybody else's life, we are at least to first start on ourselves. Work on yourself before you work on anyone else. Because uh, what we are tempted to do is to try to play the role of the Holy Spirit in somebody else's life. We want to we fix other people, and generally it's uh, in an attempt to avoid fixing the things in our life that need fixed. Or making us feel better about where we are or whatever. I remember when uh, Stacy and I had been married about three or four years I don't even remember what the issue was, but I can remember 
uh, she, I, I became so frustrated somehow or another in our relationship. We were, you know, young, newly married, no kids. Uh, the honeymoon was over. It's time to start working it out, right? Anybody been there? Yeah. We had unpacked from the honeymoon, and, uh, and, and everything was sort of stacking up on us. And I, can, I, can, I don't remember what the issue was, but I can remember uh, the frustration. Saying, you know, and trying to, and I just remember going through different things to try to fix it. You know what I mean? Going through things to try to fix it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to say this. And I'm going to do that. And maybe if I approach it that way, maybe we say this. Maybe we say, and finally, I just gave up on all that. So you know what I'm going to do? Rather than that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to seek to bless her. What I'm going to do is uh, in the morning, I would get up earlier than she did and leave. And I'm going to, I'm going to sneak into the bedroom. And I'm, I'm just going to lay my hands on her and I'm going to pray for her. And I'm just going to do that every day. And, and even in that, I was so evil that I thought that God would fix her if I just prayed for her. I'll bring God into it. God will set that girl straight. And, and as I would go in and lay hands on her and pray for her, I had no idea that the Holy Spirit had set a trap for me. And it actually lured me into a trap whereby I would get worked on. I didn't know that. It was the prayer. And over time, the frustration calmed down. And, and I, it sounds silly. I don't even, I, to this day, I don't remember. I, could, I was thinking this week, I can't stand and tell them that if I can't even remember what it was. I still don't remember what it was. But I remember how it went away. It went away when I submitted myself to God and quit trying to be the Holy Spirit and quit trying to be the convictor and quit trying to fix her. When I worked on me. I thought I was working on her. Even in prayer. You know, I'll just intercede till they give up. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit had other, other plans. Number two. Work on yourself is number one. Number two, give praise and encouragement. Verse 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, here's what I found about people. Most people have a really good reason for what they do. I'm not saying most people always do good things. I'm saying that if you lived inside the life of that person and you had all the burdens they had and all the challenges they had, the actions that they're taking might look more reasonable to you then. Most people have a really good reason. Most people are trying. <laughs> they're not trying to mess things up. They're not trying to uh, uh, mess things up. They're, they're trying to do the right thing. But if you looked inside the life that they live, maybe the choices they're making would look more reasonable to you and to me. Most people have a good reason for doing what they do. So what you want to do then is not condemn. What we tend to do is come along and find one dumb thing somebody else does and go, isn't that ridiculous? Well, yes to you. Because maybe you don't know the whole story. The other day we were checking out at the store somewhere and oh man, I was tired, beat down, frustrated, didn't want to go. You, you ever have any of those Christmas presents that won't quit? You know, one, one of our kids had a, and th th it's the thing, and it won't just go away, and it's money, and then he wants to go buy this, and then you got to go buy, you got to sign up for stuff, and you go, just end it. It's January. So we go to the store, and I'm tired, and I'm in the line, and I go to check out, and the guy says, can I have your phone number? I don't want to date. 
I just want to check out. Okay. And I'm like, I'm, I'm about to die. Don't wait in line. I'm like, here's my phone number. And then he says, will you look at the information on the screen and make sure that your address is correct? <laughs> I didn't even look at it. I said, it's right. Jesus' name, it's right. You're not bringing it to my house, are you? It's not a pizza. It's right. Let me go. Jesus, rapture me now. And then he says, what's your email? Oh, my God. And I said, I just want to buy it. I do, and I was thinking, you know, more than that. But I said, I just want to buy it. It's this one little, I just want to buy it. I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to become a member of nothing. I don't want no junk mail. I don't want no emails. I want to buy the flaming thing. And I want to go home. All of that didn't come out, thank God. And he looks at me and he says, Yes, sir, I understand. But you're buying a card that we have to send you a code for, and if we don't have the right information, it'll go to somebody else. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were, you know, wanting to send me sale papers or something. And it made a lot more sense once I understood. Give praise and encouragement. On the other hand, I was on the phone with another guy and I was ordering, uh, we were switching cell phone companies and I was ordering and somehow I was more saved that moment than I was at the other one. And uh, uh, I don't know, I had done my devotion or something, I don't know. And I was on the phone and this guy's going, man, I don't know what's wrong. We put your credit card in there and it wouldn't take it. I thought, well, I mean, I wore it out at Christmas. Trust me, it'll work. And he said, well, you have another one? Yes, I have another one. So I gave him another one. I'm sorry, I don't know, sir. Do you think there's been somebody attacking your account? I had no idea. And, and, and so we, and we were on the phone 45 minutes to sign up. And I was sitting there talking to him. I said, look, man, I, I know that you're... He said, I am so sorry. I apologize and this and that. And he, and he said, uh, you know, I, I know you're frustrated. And boy, I deal with a lot of frustration. I said, look, I, I know you're doing the best you can do. I'm sure you are. I, I'm fine. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm okay. And uh, so we started talking. He lives in Idaho. His daughter drives a school bus, rides a school bus an hour, one way to get to school in the summer for a sports program. She, she rides an hour and a half on a four-wheeler with a rifle so she won't get attacked by coyotes and moose and bear. And, and I'm thinking, oh, my Lord. I've, I've been lost in the woods, but not like that. I got no idea how to relate to you, man. I said, look, I'm... He drives in an hour one way to work just to get to the call center where there's internet access because they live apparently on the moon or something like that. But there was an opportunity there, and he said, man, you've been so cool. You've been so nice. You know, he said, uh, how about I give you free shipping? I said, how about it? That'd be great. Sign me up for that. But, you know, that's the way relationships work. If you'll take what you were going to say and you'll replace it with something that builds up rather than tears down, the relationship will move forward. Power of life and death is in the tongue. Here's the third one. Practice forgiveness. Verse 31 and 2 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So what I want to say to you here is, ask for forgiveness and give it. Offer it and seek it. 
when, when Stacy and I had been married uh, a few years, I can remember uh, one, the only time she ever offended me. She's not in this service. The only time she ever did anything wrong, and she was wrong, and I don't remember why, but it was bad. And she made me mad, and I'm driving down the road, and I'm going, oh, no, 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 no. There'll be no forgiveness. I will not let this by. This has crossed a line. Anybody? Anybody other than me? This is, you don't treat humans this way. You don't treat people like that. No, and I'm just mad. Stewing. And I can remember, I'm telling you, as clear as yesterday. The Holy Spirit pulled up the passenger seat in the car and he tapped me on the shoulder and he said, What right do you have to withhold something like forgiveness? Because the offense. And he said, You've done worse stuff than that to me and I forgave you. Well, if you're going to bring that into it, that's different. I didn't know we were going to talk about that. Some of you this morning are not forgiving people in your relationships because they are not sorry. Or you're withholding forgiveness because you're waiting for them to see that what they did was wrong. Or you're waiting until they understand how bad they hurt you. And until that happens... You will not release forgiveness. And I'm saying to you this morning, if you want a breakthrough in your relationships, you have to give and seek forgiveness because forgiveness is not based on what that person's done. Forgiveness is based on only one person and it's Jesus Christ and what He's done. That's what forgiveness is based on and you will miss it in your relationships. You have to base your forgiveness on the willingness of a gracious God to forgive you. And when you do, when you realize what you've been forgiven of, you will seek to have that forgiveness or give that forgiveness. Number four, submit to each other. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Obviously, these are deep principles. We don't have time to dig all the way through them. But let me basically say this. We submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. We, every relationship you have, people fill a different role. Husbands and wives have different roles. Parents have different, a role than kids. Kids have a different role than parents. Dating partners have different roles than each other. An employer and employee have different roles. But here's one thing that I've noticed about the kingdom of God. There are no dominant, there are no dominant relationships in the kingdom. There are no relationships that dominate over other relationships in the kingdom. That's a misunderstanding of scripture. So there are men that dominate their wives with their uh, size or their strength or their their intimidation or physically, the loudness of their voice, their anger. And if you were to go into some homes, oh, the entire thing is all about one thing. Don't make dad mad. Everything's about eggshells and don't make dad mad. And I'm telling you, that's a mis- misapplication of the role of the father in the home. You have to submit. Every, there is no role that doesn't have to submit. Everybody has to submit to somebody 
Everybody has to submit in some area. There are also homes you'll go in and the, uh, the woman is dominant. She's dominating the family through manipulation or uh, emotionalism or screaming or badgering. I'll just badger and talk down. That domination is not part of the kingdom of God. We have to submit teens that who just dominate and bully their parents because they're spoiled and their parents have, have been weak-willed. And parents who dominate their kids because they're smaller or younger or they've misunderstood that's what they're supposed to do. Bosses and employees and employers and teachers and coaches who, who dominate. You have a role to play and I have a role to play and we are people who must submit to each other. We've got to give way to each other's preferences. We've got to give way to each other's needs. That's a relationship principle. I think we see that most often appear uh, in love languages. Maybe you're familiar with Love Languages, a book that was written, relationship book. Basically says, people give and receive love in one of five ways. Quality time, gift giving, acts of service, affection, words of affirmation. I almost guarantee you, you have married somebody that doesn't speak your language. If you're married, I almost promise you, you married somebody that doesn't speak your language. That's the way it works. That's God's plan to torture you. No, that's God's plan... That's God's plan to get you to outgrow your selfishness and learn what love is. And so look, uh, my wife's is quality time. Mine like it's not quality time. Quality time. I, I just could, so she said, hey, let's spend time together. Great, what are we going to do? Nothing. Really? Sitting there on the couch. We're not even going to sit on the same couch. No. You sit over there and I'll sit over here. Go watch TV. I'm sitting there thinking, something's going to happen. Sitting there. Is she sitting there smiling? Isn't this great? Not really. Not really at all. It's not great. It's incredible. I, I, I love you. love you too. We do, do something? We, we touch or something? Hug? No, you sit over there. Not affection, quality time. Now can we do something? Because we're still here. I had to learn to submit to that. It felt like to me I was pouring my life out a window into a hole. It was gone. Time just running, gone. Got to be something we could be doing. My brain's thinking about all the stuff I need to be doing right now. And I'm sitting there, and she's just soaking it up like she's in the sun on the beach. Uh, mine's acts of service. Like, not her thing. It's not her deal. Hey, did you think about... No. Well, how was I supposed to... I don't know. But I don't even have... Get it yourself. What? That's not... It's not her deal. We had to learn to submit to each other. So let me tell you how we worked it out. One of the greatest things my wife and I have ever done in our entire life to build our relationships take long walks. Because she gets quality time and I'm doing something. <laughs> We've walked up mountains. We went to Veterans Park Saturday and walked. We just walked. We don't know where we're going. We don't have to have a destination. I love it. We're moving. She loves it. We're together. That's what you've got to find. So you have to learn to submit to each other. You learn to submit to each other. And that comes in the form of compromise sometimes. So look, uh, you're trying to decide where to go on vacation, right? 
She wants to go to the beach. You want to go to the mountains. What do you do? You compromise and you go to the beach. Right? And the reason that you do that is because you have more sex that way. Right? Hey, this is a real sermon. This isn't practice. We're talking about real people. Right? We've got guys who hadn't listened the entire service and they are in now. Just dialed in. Jesus, take the wheel. Number five. Amen. Live a life of love. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. I love this phrase. And live a life of love. What does a life of love look like? The rest of the verses tell you. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. What does love mean? Love means sacrifice. The relationships in your life that cost you nothing aren't worth much to you. And you're not, you're not giving much love. You want to have a relationship breakthrough. My suggestion to you from Ephesians 5 is invest something sacrificial into the relationship. And now what happens is you do that, then, then we talk next week, you say, I mean, I did it all week, nothing happened. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a, you're not putting a coin in a slot machine. You invest that way because it's Christ's way to do relationships, not because you expect something in return. You leave the return up to Jesus. You just sow the seed that Jesus gave you to sow. Sacrifice is how we break through our relationships. You know, the worst regrets in life are relational. It's not at the end of your life, you're not going to look out a window somewhere and say, I didn't, I, I didn't make all the money I wanted to make, or I, I, I didn't uh, accomplish everything I wanted to accomplish. The worst regrets in life are the ones you look back and say, there was a broken relationship and I didn't do everything I could do. Some relationships you do everything you can do and you can't do anything more. And you, you have to move on. But there are a lot of relationships, I would say most, that there's something else that could have been done. And what you don't want to do is look around one day and say, I could have done something else. That regret is not the one you want to live with. So if you want a breakthrough in your relationship, live a life of love. I'm going to ask our worship team to come and I want us to just pray now. Okay? This is how, how I want to end the service. I want us to pray. And it's going to take a few minutes. It's going, to take, it's going to take 10 or 12 minutes to pray. But what I want to do, I want to invite, um, I want to invite everybody in the room. There, there's not a perfect way to say this, so let me just get as close as I can. I want to invite everybody in the room who's been, been married 40 years or longer. If you've been married 40 years or longer, would, would you just come and join me? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything you're uncomfortable with. If, or maybe your spouse isn't living, but you would have been, been married that long. Would you come 40 years? Would you kind of stretch across here? I want to do something today that I believe is going to be very meaningful, and I'm going to ask our staff who's praying, would you join me? Would you, would you guys, 
Do you all mind if you just come this way? The reason I invited these folks is because uh, it doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean they're doing everything right. But you know what? To have a relationship stay together for 40 years or more is some stuff you had to go through, right? You had to make some sacrifices. It wasn't easy. And it wasn't... You gave up some stuff. And you've learned a whole lifetime worth of stuff about relationships. So if you guys would stretch as far as you can and here's what I want to come as close as you can I want to ask our prayer team to come now if you're on the prayer team I want you to come come on prayer team just stretch out stretch out keep stretching and and come as close to the step as you can okay come on up come on up come on up come on up prayer team if you'd come and just turn turn out that way okay Maybe, maybe some of our if you're on the prayer team and you're in this group would you turn out yeah, would you just turn out if you're on the? We'll, we'll need more people to pray today. We have some more prayer team folks in the room. You could come. Yeah, come on. Here's what we're gonna pray now, okay? And uh, here's what's gonna happen. I want you to stand with me. And all you guys that are here, thank you for coming. I want to ask you to just do one simple thing today. I want to ask you to pray. That's it. I just want you to intercede. We have prayer team that's ready to pray with you and we're going to pray. As we pray, when God touches your heart, I just want you to come to one of these prayer teams. And now here's what I want you guys to do who've come down and you've lived and thrived in this relationship for 40 years or more. I just want you to turn around and put your hands on the back of the prayer team member. Does that make sense? Just put your hand... I want to put the entire prayer force of 40 plus years of relationship. This is legacy. I want to put the entire energy and power and life and legacy, 40 years of prayer energy to work today. And I want to ask God for breakthroughs in relationship. You're going to have hands laid on you of people who've been through it. And they're here. And they've survived. And they've succeeded. And I just want you guys to pour your heart out in prayer. That's it. So when people come to the prayer team, if you would, go ahead and turn turn around. Turn out. Prayer team, if you'd come on over in the middle here. Does this make sense? So we're going to pray. We're going to have a different pastor come and just pray something different and as the prayer comes forth and that prayer touches your heart all I want you to do is come to the prayer team and say would you pray with me and what's going to be touching you is 40 plus years of prayer and intercession and experience and ministry in life and we're going to believe Jesus when we pray God works and this morning we want to see God work in relationships so I want to start the prayer this morning I'm just going to simply pray For those of you who that first point hit you and you said, you know, my first step today really is I want God to help me. The number one thing that can help my relationships is for God to help me. So Lord Jesus, this morning, I pray today that you would help the person, the people in the room who say, I'm struggling in relationship today and I need help. God, I'm struggling and I think the struggle might be inside me. At least part of it is. And today I ask you for a breakthrough. If that's you as we pray, I just want you to come.
Lord, I pray for a breakthrough today. Now I'm going to ask the staff. We've got staff that are going to come and pray over different things. As your heart is touched, I want you just to come for prayer. Go ahead. Forgiveness is a strong thing. Let's pray about forgiveness. Heavenly Father, our sin builds up walls that keep us from God. Separate us from the love of God. Our sin digs trenches in a gulf that keeps us from touching and connecting with God. Our sin puts chains around us that keeps us from living free lives and experiencing life in abundance. But Lord, forgiveness takes care of all that. We ask for forgiveness today. We repent of our sin in Jesus' name. We repent of filthy, rotten things that we've done. We repent of going down the path that we shouldn't go down. We repent of attitudes and words and things we've said. And Lord, we ask for a breakthrough right now. A breakthrough of forgiveness. Total forgiveness in Jesus' name. Love tears down that wall that our sin built up. Love builds a bridge and connects us back with God. Love is a breakthrough so we can be free from the chains of sin. Now, Lord, as we're forgiven, I pray, I pray that we would live out that reconciled life, that we could live it out and forgive others, forgive our, our family, forgive our mates, forgive our friends, forgive our coworkers. Lord, let us live a reconciled life, forgiving others. We repent today of our sin, and we decide to live, live out a breakthrough life breakthrough life of abundance in Jesus name thank you for forgiveness amen father I come this morning and I lift up those areas some of those areas in our lives and our relationships that cause emotional and physical and mental pain father as pastor even spoke up earlier words that we speak to one another we curse one another sometimes some of us men, some of us ladies, we speak words that hurt and bring divisiveness and division. Lord, I ask that you would, you would root out every sinful emotion that has developed in our lives through the years, Lord, right now. And those words that have been spoken, words that crush and break hearts and, and, and tear us down and separate us. Lord, would you forgive us of those right now. Father God, I come right now. And I come against those little mannerisms that we have in our lives. Those rolling of the eyes or, or our facial expressions. Lord, they speak volumes into our mates when we do those things, Lord. It brings hurt and frustration and untrust. Uh, 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 Lord, they lose trust for us when we do those things. Lord, would you convict us of that today? Those little mannerisms that happen in our lives. And unfaithfulness, Lord, we come against that today in Jesus' name not being faithful to our, our mate and our children and our family. We come against that in the name of Jesus. All of these little mannerisms. This morning, Lord, I come against rage and abuse and anger that brings physical pain in our lives and in our families' lives, Lord Jesus. Especially those that are sexual and emotional and mental. We break those down and tear those down. And Lord, just, just general pain. That, that, that brings such, such stuff in our families that stir us up and can bring division even in that. Just natural things of diseases and hurts that come about naturally, Lord. We come against those things today. And then, Lord, I pray now for addictions in our lives. All kinds of addictions that separate us and divide us and bring division and hurt with our families. Especially alcohol and drugs and pornography and gambling this morning 
we take authority over those things and break those today in our life that they will be no more. Father God, I come to you this morning and thank you. I just ask, Lord Jesus, that truthfulness and communication would abound in our relationships. And Lord, that you would restore trust and respect and honor and love and joy and peace. And Lord, that the family altar would be raised up once again in Jesus' name. Some of you this morning are dealing with deep wounds from your past and your loving Father wants to help you move forward. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we bring you our wounds from the past, our struggles, our hurts, our disappointments. Though we may not understand how or why we suffered times of rejection, abuse, or abandonment, we declare this morning that you were not absent, unloving, or powerless in those moments. You were very near in ways we may not have even perceived at the time. You are just as near today, Father, loving us, hurting with us, and longing to lead us past those traumas to a new season for our soul. You are our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. By your grace and power, we receive healing and refuse to allow the plans of the enemy to victimize us further. Instead, choosing abundant life and joy. In Jesus' name we pray.